welcome again to this living room version of Phoenix Bible Church. If you are new with us, love it that you are joining us, even in these unique days. And uh, we've actually been addressing these unique days, these unprecedented times that we are in. Uh, we've been in a series doing that, looking at how to navigate these unprecedented times that we're all experiencing according to the Word of God in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Uh, you can go back and watch all those on our YouTube channel or on our website, but Today, uh, we're talking about unforgettable benefits in unprecedented times. And we're talking about what it means to remember God. And we're going to talk about like it's important to remember God, but we're also going to talk about the danger of forgetfulness, specifically as it relates to God. And here's what we all know is there's a danger in forgetting things, right? And that danger is closely tied to the significance of what you forget. Like, here's what I mean. If you were to forget your keys... Well, that's one thing. Now, if you were to forget your kid, it's a whole other thing, right, parents? Now, as a father of three, unfortunately, I've done both, right? Uh, my oldest daughter, I remember when she was a little baby and I took her to daycare. My oldest daughter, by the way, is the one who read scripture just now, and she did a fantastic job, amen? Uh, she is uh, not my little baby girl anymore, uh, but she is uh, so beautiful inside and out, and I love that she was able to be part of uh, this service today. But when my daughter was just a little baby, I remember taking her to daycare for one of the first times. I remember just as a new dad being so nervous about that and trying to make sure like I got the water bottle, I got the backpack, I got all her stuff. I remember getting all that out of the car and just really nervous, making sure I got all of that out of the car and remembering I forgot a couple key things, right? My keys and my kid, right? I got out of the car and my car was still running. Come on, parents. Somebody's done this before, not just me, right? I hope. Uh, but I, my car was still running and my kid, my oldest daughter, was in there. Now, obviously she made it through that. She just read scripture. She's doing great in school. Like she wasn't too traumatized by that parents. I just experienced some grace right now. Uh, so we survived that, but listen, that was a significant thing to forget. Right now we got her out. All those things worked out. She's doing great. Right now. What if you were to forget God? What are the implications of that? Right now, some of you, I know, like you don't forget God. If you're watching this, you're either a believer in Jesus or you're curious about Jesus. We love it that you've joined us no matter who you are. And maybe you would say, well, I don't forget God. Like, I'm not just like, oh, I forgot about God. Like, I forgot my keys. But sometimes functionally, you forget God. You forget his attributes. You forget his character and nature. You forget his person and work. And that affects you in significant ways. It affects the way you, you see sin, right? You start to forget that God is good and wants your joy. You start to see sin all of a sudden as enticing and something that maybe God's trying to keep you away from, right? You start to, see, you start to forget that God is all-knowing and all-powerful and He cares about you. He loves you, but He's also powerful enough to do something about your struggles and your situation. You forget that. Your struggles, your job loss, your sickness, your strife in life, I mean, that starts to be magnified when you forget that you serve a big, sovereign God who also cares about you, right? You, you start to forget that, that God is unrivaled in His power, that He conquered death and the grave even in the resurrection through Jesus. You start to forget that. I mean, you start to be fearful of death. You start to see life and death even differently, Right? And so there is a danger in forgetting 
who God is, right? And so we're going to talk about to remember God, but also the danger of forgetting certain attributes about God, right? So we're going to do that from the Bible. So grab your Bible now. Uh, We're going to head to Psalm 103, right in the middle of your Bible, Old Testament, Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Now, this is a psalm by King David, and his focus in this psalm is remembering the benefits or the goodness of God. And verse 1 and 2, look at those verses, kind of set this up for us. I want to define a few key words we see in verses 1 and 2. You see those words, benefits, soul, and bless. That word benefit, maybe when you think of benefit, you think of like a package you receive when you get a job, like insurance and 401k benefits. Don't let that throw you off with with this. This is way bigger than just those kind of benefits. This is talking about the goodness of God. Like all the good things that you get from God, whatever those things are that you can think of right now, whatever those things we're going to read in Psalm 103, it actually mentions 16 benefits. We're just going to look at three of God that He gives us. Uh, another translation says good things, forget not all the benefits, the good things of God. That's what it's talking about. And then we see, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. That soul is your mind, your heart, and your will. Right? Maybe you're wondering, what does soul mean? David actually clues us into that. If you look at uh, verse 1, he says, all that is within me, that's your soul. It's all of who you are to the depths of who you are. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not all His benefits. This is what He is talking about. That, that last word, really the first word, bless, just means to praise, to speak well of. In fact, Psalm 103 is bracketed with praise the Lord, bless the Lord. At the beginning of the chapter, He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. At the very end of the chapter, he says the same thing. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And so one of the ways that David points out that that we can bless the Lord is by not forgetting all his benefits. And so we're going to talk about remembering God and not forgetting all the good things he gives us. We're just going to look at three of the things. I would encourage you, read Psalm 103. We're going to talk about at the end, memorizing verses of Scripture. This is a great place to start. Read the whole chapter and write down all 16 benefits that God gives you and remember those, right? We're just going to look at three for now. So the first thing, if you take notes, is don't forget, remember that God forgives and heals. God forgives and heals. We see that in verse 3. Uh, and notice specifically, it's not just God forgives and heals. It's God forgives all iniquity. God heals all Diseases. Now that word all is a powerful word. Even with just heals all my diseases. Now, uh, some of us may think, okay, well, he heals all my diseases. Like, don't forget that. I'd love to remember that right now with a coronavirus. Can he heal that disease? That's part of all, right? Now, now here's uh, something we need to know is God will heal the coronavirus. God will heal all diseases. As he says, the promises of God are sure We can trust them, right? God will heal all diseases, but He'll either do it now in the present or in eternity. You see, in Scripture, at the end of Revelation, we see that in heaven for all of eternity, there will be no more tears, pain, or even death. There won't be disease, right? And we make it to see that now, like God may miraculously, I pray every time I pray, I pray that in the name of Jesus, defeat COVID-19, Right? And maybe certain cancers, and you've experienced loss, this is personal for you, and, and sickness, maybe you yourself have cancer, and, and forgives all uh, sin and heals all diseases. That would just be so nice. 
and you're wishing you could see that happen today and in the near future. And maybe God will do that. God is a mighty God. He defeated the grave in Jesus through the resurrection. He can heal diseases. We should pray for that. But you need to know if he doesn't do it now, he will do it eventually in eternity. I love, there's a guy named Jonathan Evans, a pastor, and his dad is a famous pastor named Tony Evans. And Jonathan lost his mom to cancer. Tony Evans' wife. And I remember watching the, the funeral service online and hearing Jonathan Evans, a pastor, but also a son, talk about his mom and talk about that his mom was a believer in Jesus and, and had the hope of Jesus. And even in those last days, she had cancer and how hard they were. He knew that there were going to be one or two things that would happen. He, he said this in the eulogy. He said, I knew that either God was going to heal my mom or God was going to heal my mom. And what he was talking about is either God was going to miraculously deliver her from this uncurable cancer in her last days, or she was going to die, but go to be with Jesus and experience no more tears, pain, disease, or death. And that God was going to heal his mom one way or the other. Listen, as a follower of Jesus, one who trusts in God, you need to know that God will heal all diseases. Don't forget that. You have a hope in Him that's sure now and in eternity. And part of that is through physical healing. But another part of that is through the other thing He says, which is spiritual healing. That He forgives all of our iniquities, all of our sins. Again, keyword all, right? That some of you that are watching this, you know like all your iniquities. Like you're aware of them. And there's some of them that you feel like are worse than others, right? Some of them, if you're honest, like you wouldn't say this. You don't categorize your sin like respectable, respectable and perverse. But the reality is you think about your sins that way. And maybe there's some respectable sins where you're like, ah, gossip. Like everybody does that. I greed. Everybody's trying to climb the ladder. You need money to live, right? Um, and maybe you have some sins like that, and they don't really get in your way. And forgetting that God has forgiven you of those doesn't really affect you that much. But forgetting that God has forgiven you of some of your worst sins, some of your darkest moments of anger, of lust, of pride, of selfishness, that sometimes when you forget that God has forgiven you of those, and it's hard for you to read your Bible. It's hard for you to pray with your spouse. You ever experienced that? It's hard for you to, we say, hey, invite people to church and talk to your neighbor about Jesus. It's hard. You, you're like, I can't do that. And you're thinking about the sins that you have committed. And maybe not the respectable ones, but the perverse ones and the difficult ones. And you don't believe, you have functionally forgotten that God has forgiven you of all your iniquities. And you don't need to forget that. Why? What's the danger if we forget that God has forgiven us of all our iniquities? Well, one danger is instead of confessing our sins, as 1 John tells us, because God is faithful and just to forgive us, instead of confessing them to one another, as James 5 says, so, so they can pray for us and we can be healed, instead of confession, we will conceal our sin. If we forget that God forgives all our iniquities, then we won't confess our sin, we'll conceal it. And we miss out on forgiveness, repentance, healing, freedom, that you can pick up your Bible and read it. 
Not because you're perfect, because you are forgiven in Christ because of His perfection. That you can pray with your spouse because it's not based on your merit, but His mercy. Because you are forgiven in Jesus all your sin, past, present, and future. All the respectable ones, so-called respectable ones, all the perverse ones. He has cleansed you of them. He's blotted them out. He's removed them. Psalm 103 verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west. Come on. God has forgiven you of all your iniquities. Don't forget that. If you forget that, you will start to conceal your sin instead of confess your sin. And some of you have been there. Some of you are there right now. And you're here today watching this living room version of Phoenix Bible Church. So you can remember that if you are in Christ, if you've put your trust in Him, He has forgiven you of all of your sin. And so you can walk with Him, experience freedom and peace in Him and with one another. So don't forget that that God forgives and He heals. The second thing is don't forget that God redeems and He crowns. Look at verse 4 with me. It says, He redeems your life from the pit. Uh, redeems means, redeems, uh, to redeem means to buy you out, uh, to turn your life around. He buys us out of sin and ourselves, and He puts us in Christ and gives us new life in Him. He also crowns us with steadfast, that's enduring love and mercy. And notice, it's not just love. Like It's not just that He gives us His love. He gives us His steadfast, His enduring love. In fact, one thing you'll notice in Scripture is almost always, as it mentions the love of God, it's preceded with an adjective, like the abounding love of God. We see in Exodus 34, Psalm 86, Psalm 145, amongst other places, the unfailing love of God. We see in Isaiah 54, John 3.16, a verse you will all know, for God so loved the world. That even later in this psalm, Psalm 103, we see the steadfast love of the Lord again twice. That that God gives us His love. You don't need to forget that. And, And I love the imagery that the psalmist uses, that David uses, of crowning us with His steadfast love and mercy. It's the idea of God encircling you like a crown with his love. That literally in the Hebrew, the picture that you would get is of a mother cherishing her child in the womb. That, that moms, when you had your, your baby in the womb, that you're covering her, you're protecting her or him with love. That's the imagery that you should have as God crowns us with his love. That's what we should not forget. We got a lot of new babies in our church and uh, we're blessed with new life even in the midst of this uh, unique time. And one of our leaders, they just had our, our, their first child. And I remember talking to him just the other day about they had their first little girl and just how that little girl already owns him. And as a dad who has two girls, I can relate to that. And, and how he didn't really know what to expect. You know, he heard all these stories like the baby comes out and it's not that cute, right? Even if the parent always says they're cute, like if you're honest, like the, the baby's kind of purple and chalky at first. And you're like, is that my baby? Like, is that a baby, right? And, and he didn't know how to, uh, what to expect or how he would feel when he first saw the baby and first held the baby. But then he talked about how, hey, the baby was kind of purple and the baby was kind of chalky. But man, I loved her from the very first moment I saw her. And, and he couldn't even explain it. And he's like, I know she can't tell me she loves me back and she can't talk yet. But I just, I love her so much. 
That's the love that a perfect Heavenly Father, He's a flawed father. That's the love that a perfect Heavenly Father has for His kids. And you don't need to forget that. He crowns you. He encircles you. He wraps you in His love. John Owen, an old Puritan, said it this way. He said, The greatest sorrow and burden you can lay on the Father, the greatest unkindness you can do to Him, is not to believe that He loves you. You see, if God is your good, perfect, heavenly Father, and you were to forget that He loves you, how hurtful is that toward Him? Right? I, I know for me as a dad, if you really wanted to hurt me, like don't try to do this, but if you were, if you were just thinking, like, how can we hurt the pastor? Like, One of the biggest ways you could hurt me is to convince any one of my three kids, my oldest daughter who read scripture earlier, who was my first child and, and my little girl, if you were to convince her that her dad, that I don't love her, that would be the cruelest thing you could do to me. Why? Because I'm her father and she's my daughter and I wrap her in love. And God gives us that imagery of you are encircled, you are wrapped in the love of God. And he's crowned you with it. Now, what's the danger if we forget that? There's a few things. You can start to see God as boss, not good father. You can start to work for approval, not from approval. You can serve God because he's big, mighty God, and you don't want to mess things up. And you're trying to gain his approval. But you, you won't ever spend time with God. Because why? You don't see him. You've forgotten that he encircles you, wraps you in, your, in his love. Right? And so we need to remember that God loves us. Some of you, you don't spend time with God like a good, perfect father. Because you see him as a boss. You, you always think he's upset with you, always think he's expecting more from you. And you're always, you can work for God and you can try to obey God and try to climb the ladder with God, but you don't know what it's like just to sit with your heavenly father and enjoy him and his word, enjoy him in prayer, enjoy just the fact that he loves you because you've forgotten that truth. Don't forget it. Forget not all his benefits. This is a key one. Last thing that we don't need to forget that we do need to remember is that God satisfies and renews. Verse 5, we see it. God satisfies. He gives us a, a full life. Listen, exactly where we are that in Christ, the New Testament tells us we have abundant life in him. And, and even when other things are taken away, like when the coronavirus hits and maybe your job has been affected, maybe uh, your, your just routines have been affected, maybe sickness, maybe you've experienced loss, that even in those times, you can be satisfied in God because you have Him and He is enough, right? Uh, you can be renewed. It says your youth is renewed. I love the way Eugene Peterson says it. He says you're always young in His presence. Now, now whether you're hitting the, the big 3-0 or about to hit that or the big 4-0 or the big 5-0 or 6-0 or 7-0. Like no matter how old you are, you can always be young in His presence because your youth is renewed. 
Now, before some of you get too excited, it's not talking about physically, like you just keep get looking younger. Like, uh, don't think like I saw uh, my family and I watched the American Ninja Warrior the other night, and there was like this 75-year-old contestant on there who was just yoked. He was just jacked, and he talked about like daily, he gets up at 4 a.m. still and does like 1,500 sit-ups, and he actually talked about, he's like, you know, my biggest problem in life is the women can't keep up with me. And he seemed a little shady, just to be honest, right? So is that what the psalmist, is that what David is talking about as your youth is renewed? No, right? What the psalmist is talking about is some people I know who are a little bit older, who are still hungry and humble. They're still like a, like a, a young person. They're still hungry for the Word of God, the person of Jesus Christ. And they're still humble enough in their older age to apply all the things that God wants to show them. That's the kind of youth that God renews, and He does that for you no matter what age you are. God satisfies you. He renews you. Now, if we forget that, serving God will become a duty, not a delight. We won't just stop and enjoy the presence of God. Like Psalm 16 says, At His right hand there are pleasures forevermore. We won't stop and just enjoy God and experience delight in in God, enjoying the process that God has us in, the journey God has us in. We won't stop and do that if we don't realize, hey, God satisfies you in whatever age you are, whatever season of life you're in, He renews you. And we need to remember that He does. In particular, in this kind of time that we're in, I know many of us are looking to get out of this time. Many of us are longing for the day we can get back to quote-unquote normal. And listen, what if we didn't just long for a different day, but what if right now we realized, hey, God satisfies us, He renews us right where we are? What if you made the most out of not just one day when we get out of this thing, but today? Right? If you remember that about God, you can experience that with God. Last thing as we close. As we look at these things, you know, I gave you a list. These are the things to remember, like God forgives, God heals, God redeems, God crowns, God satisfies and renews. And if you're not careful, you could be thinking like, okay, I got to white knuckle this thing and I got to remember all these things and I got to ask God for these things. I got to attain all these things. And, And here's the reality. Here's the beauty of the gospel. It's in Jesus. You don't have to ask for these things. You don't have to attain these things. You have already received them in Christ. You just get to remember them. You just get to bless the Lord, praise the Lord because of them. Because you already possess them in Christ. Right now, yeah, you. Like whatever you did last night, whatever's going on in your life, whatever's been taken away in your life, you possess these things from God. And you just get to stop now to remember them and praise God for them. Church, Forget not all His benefits. Here's a couple things we close as a way not to forget, as a way to remember these specific things about God. Two things. Take some time to remember yourself. Take some time to remember God, just you. Maybe you need to write some things down or remember these blessings, specifically from Psalm 103, that God has forgiven me. He loves me. He renews me. And just recall those things and write them down and pray and thank God for those things. Uh, One of the best ways to remember God is to memorize 
His Word. To memorize the truth about God, His attributes, His character, His promises. I know for me in my life, Scripture memorization has helped me remember God in key moments. To remember in a time like this, Psalm 121, that I have that Scripture memorized, that God doesn't sleep or slumber. In moments where it seems like everything's out of control, and, and does anybody see what's going on in our world or in my life? And I remember God. Oh, He doesn't sleep or He doesn't slumber. He's not taking a nap right now. He hasn't checked out. He, he sees all of this. He's sovereign over all of this. And I remember God by memorizing Scripture. Passages like 2 Corinthians 1, that talks about God being the God of all comfort. And He comforts you in the midst of your affliction, not just after your affliction. He comforts you in the midst of your affliction, 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, so that then you can go and comfort others with that same comfort God provides. And you can remember that. Maybe some of you are struggling. Maybe some of you have. Your job has been affected. Your life has been affected. Your emotions have been affected. And you can remember God by memorizing His Word, 2 Corinthians 1.3, that right now you can experience His comfort and that God has a purpose for your pain and that at some point He's going to allow you to comfort somebody else with His comfort that He's provided you. That's what the Scripture says, right? And and so you need to memorize that Scripture to remember God. You need to remember Romans 5, memorize that, that at just the right time, while you were still weak, Christ died for you. And as you memorize Scripture, as you memorize the Word of God, you will remember the character, the person, the work of God. Don't forget all His benefits. Remember it for yourself. And then the last thing is help other people remember. Here's what that will do. As you begin to memorize the Word of God and remember who God is, and as you begin to proclaim that to other people, as you pick up the phone and call somebody and encourage them with the Word of God, with the character of God during this time, as you do that within your household, as you invite somebody to church or whatever the case may be, as you help others remember the the good character and nature of God, you'll remember it even more yourself. As you proclaim it, you'll embrace it and you'll help others do the same. Don't forget all His benefits. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I just thank You for Your benefits. I thank You for the good things You give us, like forgiveness and like love and renewal. And God, I thank You more than those things You give us. I thank You for You. God, I thank You that You are who You are, that You do what You say You will do. And in a time where Man, it's easy to forget that. It's easy to to hone in and remember the pain we're experiencing, the loss we might be experiencing, the anxiety we're experiencing, the fear we're experiencing. We're really good at remembering that and forgetting a good God, a mighty God, a sovereign God who loves us, is wrapping us in His love. It's so easy to forget that. So God, I pray for everybody watching this that right now we would stop and remember you. Remember who you are and remember what you've done. And that would give us peace and life and hope and joy. And we would seek to memorize your word so we can memorize, so we can remember you on a daily basis, even as we leave this place. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for this time. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.